So, I mean, after looking at the number of games Griffey Jr. missed and comparing it to his home run rate, it was calculated that Jr. would have hit another 147 home runs if he had stayed healthy his entire 22-year career. So if you do the quick math and add 147 to 630, it equals 777 home runs. Yeah, wow. Which is 15 more home runs than Barry Bonds. Welcome back to another episode of Wreaking Havoc, the world's weirdest podcast. Paul, how you doing today? Living large, baby. Living large. We got a fun one today, some what-if scenarios in sports history. What could that look like for reshaping the leagues? But first, wait, there's more. Yesterday we talked about the new restrictions we got at Albion. Read a fantastic article today from the Albion Pleiad. It's our school newspaper. So, athletes... We talked about those yesterday. I think we mentioned how uh, some teams were in quarantine and, and athletics have been uh, suspended until further notice. It gets better than that. Coaches were instructed by the president of the college to not work out. Not only are they not allowed to practice with the team, they are told not to practice at all, which means working out and going for runs. Because, and get this, when you work out, you sweat. We all know that. Those sweat molecules that come off your face or wherever you're sweating from and hit the sidewalk. Believe it or not, you could infect the world with coronavirus from that. So instead, let's take these athletes who need to perform at high physical levels for their sport. Nah, don't do it. Get fat. Now I'm convinced the campus wants us fat. They don't want us to go outside. They don't want us to work out. They don't want us to do anything but be a blob. Man, Paul, tell me what your thoughts are about that. Uh, I mean, like the whole thing with athletes not working out... I mean, you know, as well as I do, like when you're working out and you're in a routine of working out all the time and then you just stop, you just feel like weird and like gross off. Like your whole, like you just feel off as a person. And I mean, Equilibrium that's going to, that's going to happen with a lot of the athletes on campus. I mean, you can't, you can't even go outside for a run. Like, come on. One yeah. person running around, it's really going to do a lot of damage. And then, I mean, like, what do they really want us to do other than sit here and just do our homework all the time? Yeah. Which that's I mean, what I feel like is our only option. <laughs> it is finals week, but, I mean, not every class is a cumulative study for a test answer. I mean, we both have papers and essays yeah. that we have to do for our finals, and that's not as much as studying. So it's interesting. It's dumb. It's weird. And, uh, yeah, what a world we live in. What a school we go to. It, it's beyond my comprehension anymore. I've, I've lost all hope for normality in these decision-making processes because it's just gotten completely ludicrous. If we're being completely honest, this is nonsense. It's absolute nonsense. And I'm just going to end it there because I'm going to get frustrated, as I tend to when we talk about this. So let's get into the what-ifs. So for those of you that don't know what a what-if is or haven't been through a what-if scenario, you basically take something that happened, a big, a big moment in a sport, and then you break it down. What if this went a little differently? You know, you talk about it all the time. Every time a game happens, especially when your team loses, and being Lions fans that we are, it's every game. So, you know, you always wonder, well, what if this would have gone differently? What if, what if we would have drafted this player? What if we would have done this, that, third thing? But there are some big ones in the history of sports, some really exciting ones that could change the whole realm of the entire league. And we're going to dive into a couple of those. First, we're going to start off with the baseball one. Paul, take us away. All right, so to kick it off, we're going to talk about what if Ken Griffey Jr. had stayed healthy for his entire career? And what are you going to say? Go, go ahead. I know you have a little something to say here. 
is it? A, go finish your thing first, because I, I have a question that'll take longer of an answer. I was just gonna say, like, obviously, we're talking about Ken Griffey Jr., one, arguably one of the best baseball players of all yeah. time. Um, it's really funny that you can still sit here and like ponder, like, what if with yeah. him? Like, what if? Like, ah, uh, I mean, he's already like, you know, he's got six hundred thirty home runs, ten Gold Gloves. I mean, he's a legend. Like, just complete legend. Played twenty two years. Like, it's his stats are impressive enough and speak for themselves, but. This what if really is, it's a mind bender. For those out there that may not be super familiar with Ken Griffey Jr., br- bring us through a little bit of uh, the injuries and timetables and, and how that affected him. Well, he had quite the the um, medical history, actually, and like throughout his career, he was on the disabled list 12 different times, Whoa. and I know he had battled an ankle injury a lot throughout his career, and I mean, as a hitter, if you can't plant on your lead foot Stop. you're not doing much if yeah. you can't torque off that back foot you're not doing much so if you don't have a completely healthy ankle yeah i mean you're in a tough spot the person that comes to mind here when i'm thinking about like ankle injuries in recent memories like do you remember how good james mccann used to be for yeah. the tigers like he was a really good hitter then he yeah. hurt his ankle and then he just couldn't hit yeah he could wow. still catch but he couldn't hit yeah it's really crazy and i mean that makes you wonder really like like the comparisons, like, like I'm, I'm, I would say for like Ken Griffey Jr. Like stay healthy his entire career. Like, like if he would have had like the Iron Man abilities, like Cal Ripken, yeah, and just played like thousands of games in a row, like the stats would be unbelievable. When was like the first significant injury that really started affecting his career? That's a really good question. Man. I could couldn't really place it when it happened, but I know like the first one was uh. Either it was either an, an ankle or a knee. Those two big ones. But big I mean, ones. for for a five tool player that needs his speed, like he's a center fielder. Yeah. And I, I mean, why why do you think they moved him to right field towards the end of his career? Yeah. It wow. wasn't just. I mean, yeah. obviously he was getting older and not moving as fast, but like still, yeah. That ankle really slowed him down, and like any any injury to the lower extremities in baseball, Tough. has a chance to be very detrimental. Yeah. It, could, it ends careers. It's like a pitcher's arm. Yeah, like you get you get TJ. It's I mean nowadays getting Tommy John isn't a death sentence like it used to be, but yeah, similar similar thing. So with with uh, Ken Griffey here, let's say injuries don't plague him. Let's say he has a perfectly healthy career. What do you think he's catching the home run record? I got some statistical evidence let's to back it, let's, that let's up. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. But um, so I mean it's obviously like just unbelievable that we were even able to like ponder like what ken griffey could have been yeah but um there's some statistics that go in and we have to split like when you do like judge these statistics you have to split ken griffey's career into like three different phases to like best get like the best um like quantitative results from it yeah so you got the early years of his career which are from like 1989 to 93 when he was relatively healthy because he was a kid yeah he what that's where his nickname the kid came from he was he's literally like a kid developing into like one of the biggest stars in baseball and then there's just like his prime years in seattle yep the glory years where he just dominated from 94 to 99 and then there's the 21st century ken Griffey, like post 2000 yeah and that's when he moved on to cincinnati spent a lot more time on the disabled list and it was really i mean his his time in cincinnati was rather frustrating like i mean yeah you think in cincinnati i'm getting ken Griffey jr and he was nothing. Wasn't the Ken Griffey. He wasn't. Junior. He wasn't Seattle oh, Ken Griffey. Yeah. So I mean, after looking at the number of games Ken Griffey Jr. missed, and comparing it to his home run rate, it was calculated that Jr. would have hit another 147 home runs if he had stayed healthy his entire 22-year career. 
So if you do the quick math and add 147 to 630, it equals 777 home runs. Yeah, wow. Which is 15 more home runs than Barry Bonds. Yeah, wow. Yeah. What about... Wow, that's that's actually... I, I've never actually thought about that. You know, you... I mean, Ken Griffin Jr. is obviously one of the greatest players to ever play, if not the greatest, as we yeah. were actually talking about earlier. And... But I never actually thought about that. What would he could have? Would he have caught Bonds his record? Which I guess would more be less. Yeah. Would Bonds have caught him at that point? But that's interesting. I that never, would have been an interesting race because they yeah. probably would have been chasing it near yeah. the same like time. Yeah. And then what about like stolen bases, BP or BA, and um, some other like batting statistics? Do you think he could have gotten any more of those? Well, I think um, steals might not ever be broken. The steals is tough. Ricky Henderson yeah. kind of just owns that. Like, I mean, you that's think a, of stealing bases, you think of Ricky Henderson. That's one of the Henderson. most unbreakable records I feel in baseball. Oh, uh, it's really hard to do. I mean, like, I mean, it's especially even, nowadays. Nowadays, it's 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 even rare to see like forty forty seasons. You don't yeah. see that anymore. Like, the guy that could do it is Trout, and Trout doesn't steal bases as much as he should. True, true. But I can get into a whole rant on Mike Trout. But <laughs> I want to obviously address like, there's it's clearly a little bit of a fault in the logic. For, like, the home runs, like, it's not possible for someone to stay healthy for a full 22 seasons. No outfielder ever in the history of the MLB has played 150 games or more in even 15 seasons, like, let alone 22. So, like, even if you drop the bar to 140 games per 15 seasons, you still only get players like Johnny Damon, Dave Winfield, Hank Aaron, Willie Mays, and Barry Bonds. So a more realistic total for Ken Griffey Jr. would be around 100 to 125 home runs which would still total up to be around 730 to 750 homers for the kid, yeah. which we all know that if Junior's within, you know, 7, yeah. 10, 20 so homers of Barry Bonds. Of it, he's got tonight, yeah. Because I don't know if you know this, but he kind of just unceremoniously retired, just said, I'm done. Yeah. It wasn't, it wasn't, he didn't have no farewell. He was just like, I'm done. done. That's yeah. it. And that's, that's all I'm done. He retired in 2010. And I mean, it, you can't say like if, if he would have stayed healthy, that, I mean, there wasn't a chance. Like, he totally would have been right on the verge of catching Barry Bonds, and then you wouldn't – I don't think you'd really be considering a lot of other players for the greatest baseball player of all time at that point. If Ken Griffey Jr. was that close to Barry or even – I mean, obviously, if Trump Barry, like, come on. Yeah, yeah. He clear and cut, but, like, I mean, still to this day, you can argue that Ken Griffey Jr. is one of the best baseball players of all time, but, like, this what-if makes you wonder, like, he could have been, like, an icon. Yeah. Like, more than he was. And I feel like even even still, though, I, you know, the statistics he put up and the player he was, you can still sit here and have the conversation. And has to You have to bring him up when you're talking about the conversation of one of the greatest baseball players of all time. However, how many people talk about him anymore? Nobody. It, you don't. It, he doesn't come up in baseball conversations. Like, he should. Like, he deserves to be. And, I mean, injuries plague a career, but at the same time, I mean, look at the numbers he still put up. And I think that he deserves more respect than he gets because you don't see comparisons to him. You don't hear about Ken Griffey Jr. anymore. It's kind of sad. They they always compare Mike Trout to players like Willie Mays and Hank Aaron. I feel like the, the most easy comparison is Ken Griffey Jr. Yeah. Mike Trout's the five-tool player that Griffey was. Obviously, he bats from the right side, so that's different. And, I mean, there there's differences in, the, like, their styles of play and stuff. But, like, 
the last time we saw was somebody with all five tools, like Mike Trout, that could just yeah. completely take over baseball games, which is really unheard of. Like, yeah. Was Ken Griffey Jr. So stats are fun. Don't you know it's fun to speculate on stats. Let's take it a level deeper. Let's talk championships and awards. Do you think this would have affected those? I wholeheartedly believe Griffey probably would have won at least another MVP. Like in his time with Cincinnati. If he was if he would remained healthy, he's getting he's getting an MVP. And I think also that Cincinnati's more competitive throughout the 2000s because, I mean, they were really just kind of there. They were just a team that was just there. I mean, they had Griffey. Yeah. But they were just kind of there. Do you think he'd still go to Cincinnati? I feel like they had to do that. Like, Seattle had to do that. Like, the cap room. Just, yeah. I mean, he was an expensive player. The Reds could afford it. They didn't have, like, too many big big guys on that roster. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if they had any, to be honest with you. Um, but you think you get Ken Griffey – in a Cincinnati, in a, I would say in like a a more, like he wants to be there and still play kind of thing because yeah. I feel like towards the end of his career he was just like playing done. things out like you could noticeably be telling like his last couple seasons like he was just done done with baseball yeah, and I mean part of that was Cincinnati was bad he wasn't winning a lot and when he was with Seattle like they were good it was yeah. a good Seattle team like he played with young A Rod like yeah they were a good team they had some talented players and then you go to Cincinnati you're the guy but he doesn't have much around him. And then he's played with injury. And, I mean, say he stays healthy, Cincinnati's more competitive team. Isn't yeah. that hard to sign big free agent? That's true. Especially if, if he's performing at the level he was in Seattle, it's going to be able to draw more guys in because they're going to want to go chase that ring. And then there's that pull then. And I mean, especially once he starts getting towards the tail end of his career, Hopefully, he'd be one of those guys that'd be willing to take a pay cut to bring in some other yeah. big young fish. It, yeah, that's a, that's a big what if. I've never actually thought about that one until you brought it up today. Um, but that's a good one. That's a really good one. It, it makes you... Because you can do, do... Like a lot of the what ifs in sports, you don't always go directly towards injury. It's more of a... If someone would have drafted someone, signed in free agency, if this trade would have gone through, you don't always think about injuries. Like... A common one, yeah. what would happen to RG3 if he didn't get hurt? And, I mean, we could sit here all day and talk about that one, and, and same with Ken Griffey Jr. It's it's something that – it's sad. It's a sad it's what really if. It's really sad. Because a lot of these what-ifs in sports, the other times, you know, they – if someone gets drafted somewhere else and still has a great career, like, for example, the Bears not drafting Patrick Mahomes or Deshaun Watson, like, obviously both those guys ended up having great careers, and yeah. Trubisky's on the bench. So it's not as much as of a sad story where in this case it's, man, I, I wonder. I really, really yeah. do wonder. And my one little piece I wanted to add to this, was talking about like what could have happened for the Reds, Alex Rodriguez hit free agency in 2003. Do you think he would have gone there? I mean, Griffey and A-Rod were, I mean, they're, he wasn't in Seattle long with him. I think it was like two seasons, maybe three. But still, that's a but legend like, coming on with a young buck. That's like prime Griffey, like mentoring A-Rod. Yeah, that could have and been dangerous. At that time, A-Rod did want to play for a winner. But then again, if Griffey's healthy, that's a winner. Yeah. Cincinnati's a contender. Wow. And then maybe he doesn't juice. And maybe, maybe they, he never becomes a Yankee. And maybe the Reds dynasty the just keeps going on. Yeah, and then the Reds are just... Because A-Rod was good until 
honestly, once he got that major injury, he was pretty much yeah. good up until then. It was like 2009. Yeah, it's like close like to the end of the decade. Legitimately, like a threat. Yeah. Even when he was like older. Yeah, he, he still just was dominated. He was still dangerous, and then you know that. All this has the domino effect, and then the Yankees might not have been what the Yankees were for a while there. And it, it's really interesting. There's a lot of tail ends you can go off to this one. So let's uh, let's transition to the NFL one. I, I had fun with this one, mainly because I, I love the NFL. I pay a lot of attention to the NFL, but I'm a college football guy. That's where my, my love is, is in the college football versus the NFL. So Marcus Mariota, easily one of the most dominant college quarterbacks to ever play in college football. The greatest quarterback to ever go through Oregon, hands down. So, the Oregon dynasty that we all know today, the one that the the teams that brought the hype in, were surrounded by Chip Kelly. He started that the program on the rise up. His explosive RPO, a lot of read option, not not a ton of RPOs right away, but the style of offense, the I think if I can remember correctly, his, uh, this would be Mariota's freshman year, Chip Kelly's last year. They were averaging, I think it was 17, 14 to 17 seconds between the whistle and the snap of the football, which was unheard of. We see a lot of no-huddle offenses, not as much fast tempo anymore as we used to see, but we still see a lot of the no-huddle signaling in plays like that. The traditional huddle is still in, in college football, but not as president as it used to be. And Chip Kelly was a big forefront for that. There were other people doing it, but Chip Kelly set the super, super fast pace. We're going to run as many plays. We're going to wear you down. And, I mean, those dudes were in incredible shape. Always. Oregon always had the boys in shape. It was incredible. So Chip Kelly's last year was Mariota's freshman year. This is Mariota's a freshman. He had a 68.5% completion percentage. He threw for 2,677 yards, 32 touchdowns, and only six picks. He ran the ball 106 times for 752 yards and five touchdowns. They had one loss and won the Fiesta Bowl against Kansas State, and that was a fun game. Not only this, though, Oregon's offense was second in points per game. They were, that was just him as a freshman, and they were incredible. And no one had ever heard of this kid. He came in because he didn't play a ton in high school. His senior year, he ended up starting because uh, the starting quarterback got hurt. And then he got the radar of Oregon. Rest is history. And Chip Kelly was a huge instrument in leading into him to be the college player he was. Because your freshman year is huge with development and learning the playbook and learning what your style is going to be. Because you can't take the same style from high school to college or even from college to the league. I mean, look at Lamar Jackson. Yeah. In high school, he could do whatever he wanted and get away with it. In college... He could still do a little bit of whatever he wanted, but a lot of the big running plays in when he was at Louisville came from a broken play because their offensive line was horrendous when he was at yeah. Louisville, and a lot of those were broken plays. He just made something happen. And, but he had to throw more in college, and then he gets to the league, and he, once again, you got to throw more. you got, you got to take away the running. You can't take as many hits. You can't take as many open fields, and he still runs the ball very, very, very well. Best runner, honestly, probably in the league in any position. But you have to change the style, and and Chip Kelly, you know, bringing Mariota in and showing him the ropes was huge. But then we get to this NFL what if. So as the story is told, second pick was Marcus Mariota, the Tennessee Titans. He had a pretty solid rookie year, 
threw for uh, 2,818 yards, 19 touchdowns, 10 picks. He only rushed for 252 yards and two touchdowns. And as we know now, Mariota's just a backup. Mm-hmm. And he's going to likely stay that way for probably the remainder of his career. Unless something happens, there's, there's still possibility for this. But where this gets very, very, very interesting, the year that Mariota was drafted into the NFL, the head coach of the Philadelphia Eagles was Chip Kelly. Now, Chip Kelly, people give him a lot of crap for how he was as an NFL coach, and I can understand that. He wasn't a great NFL coach. But he didn't have his players. No. Sam Bradford was his quarterback. Uh, I was just going to ask you, who was the quarterback of the Eagles at that time? Sam Bradford. <laughs> so there was actually a trade offered by the Philadelphia Eagles to the Tennessee Titans for the second pick. They were going to send Sam Bradford, two first-round picks, and Fletcher Cox. So this what-if scenario, we're pretending that went through. So this is what that's going to look like now. The Bucks are still going to take Jameis Winston, but now Philadelphia is taking Mariota. So this rookie season that Mariota had in Tennessee was still a good season. There's two major things that I, I think would change. For starters, he's not throwing 10 interceptions. No. Chip Kelly, the way he ran his offense, and even Sam Bradford, you look at his statistics when he was with other guys, his interceptions were farther down than when he was with Chip Kelly versus being anywhere else. Huge bust in NFL history, too, but that's beside the point. <laughs> but then it gets interesting because then you have to think, all right, you know, Chip Kelly's going to make run a smarter offense. He's going to run an offense that Mariota is tailored to because let's remember, this is a big thing to remember, too. Just like I said how Chip Kelly was huge in impacting how Mariota played the game in college because he got him as a freshman. He's getting him as a rookie in the league. That's going to be a big, big stepping stone and help him ease into it because he remembers, well, last time this dude was coaching me, he helped me get into college football and became the player I did. So now you have that. And then starters, only 252 rushing yards. The Titans were not running quarterback design runs. Maybe two to four a game at the start of the season, and then they kind of stopped because he was good. I mean, the Tennessee wasn't a great team. This Philadelphia team went seven and nine the year before. So they weren't horrible. But when you don't have a good quarterback, your team's going to suffer. So Mariota comes in now. 2015 draft, let's say he goes to Philadelphia. They lost Fletcher Cox, which is big. That that one's going to hurt. But one player in a football team doesn't make the detrimental difference, especially with free agent signings, draft, and all this. At the quarterback spot, there is the biggest notice of difference because you're either at a level where you can win games or you can't win games. And you touch the ball every play on offense. But leading into that, I think he would have had a significant more rushing yards. There would have been a whole different style of offense because the offense you're running with Sam Bradford for Marcus Mariota, if you are any bit of a breathing coach, my goodness, world's different. The playbook opens wide up when you got Marcus Mariota on your team. So then 2016 season happens. My prediction, instead of the 7-9 and that they ended up going that year, I got him going nine and seven. Just flip the record. Just flip the record. Nothing crazy. Yeah. It's nothing crazy here. What this does in the 2016 draft, this is, this is where things start getting interesting. Now instead of the Eagles taking him, the Tennessee Titans are taking Carson Wentz. Oh. And that could shape a lot of things because Wentz is a great quarterback. I still think he's a great quarterback. He's having a tough season so far. Really, really tough season so far. 
But I think the there's a lot of issues going on in that division. My goodness, yeah, they're we could just really bad. They are horrid. But at the time when Wentz came in, there were some big guys on defense that caused some injuries, and that really set his career back. So I see the Eagles this year coming out with another 9-7 season. And this is the year that the Giants went 11-5 and and the Cowboys were 13-3. and Like, the division was even the yeah. Redskins with 7-9. and they were, they were a very, very good team. That brings us to the 2017 draft. And this is where it gets interesting for us Lions fans. So with the absence of Fletcher Cox, Philadelphia is in need of some presence in the middle of the field at linebacker. So the Titans are still going to take Corey Davis. But the Eagles, now they need a linebacker. They're taking Jared Davis, which means the Lions will take T.J. Watt. Which totally changes the spectrum for the Detroit Lions because Jared Davis... It's just not that good. He really isn't. He's dumb. And TJ Watt is really that good. I mean, if your last name's Watt, you already are going to be probably a solid player. I mean, look at his brother. And he has a chance to be better than him. And that's special. He just needs to stay healthy. So this is the season. This 2017-2018 season. This was the year the Eagles won the Super Bowl. And if you ask me, with Mariota at the helm instead of Wentz, and obviously Wentz gets hurt and Foles ends up taking the ship. Mariota's coming home with a trophy, and he's getting that Super Bowl MVP. That's his third year in the league too, right? Yep. Man. Man. And then it really adds to to certain dynamics. If you bring T.J. Watt into Detroit, let's look at the Lions for a second. You bring T.J. Watt into Detroit. This is before we made a lot of big trades. Yeah, like before we completely before we got blew rid of Diggs and Slay and everything like Still that. Still had onset at that time yep. too. The defense is looking a lot, lot better. That's arguably probably one of the best defenses in the league at that point. It could possibly be, especially if if we kept the core together. Then I, you could make that yeah. argument. And then it leads to the point. Well, if, if we're having putting these good seasons together, we might be able to bring some free agents in. Right. And then. And this is the thing, and I stand by this with guys like Mariota in the league. When they have a couple down years and their supporting cast isn't great and the coaches start to stop believing in them, their career tanks and you can't ever get it back up. If Mariota was in a system with Chip Kelly, Chip Kelly might still be coaching. Who knows? Because that's another thing. You know, People might be like, oh, well, you know, Doug Peterson out there, that's why they want super. Okay, regardless. If Chip Kelly's running his system and it's working, which by my what-if calculations, which are super yeah. scientific, Chip Kelly's still the coach of the Eagles. And the Eagles could still be a very dominant force in the league. And it's a, it's a scary thought because Mariota's career is at this point basically yeah. over. He's, just, he's a career backup now. But what if? Paul, let me, let me hear your thoughts on all this. Um, I want to know what you think. So... Like you said, say Chip Kelly's Mariota, Mariota's coach his uh, his rookie season. Um, I wonder what, what what I want to know what you think his stat line would have looked like compared to what it was his rookie season with Tennessee. I think passing yards would have been somewhat similar. I think passing touchdowns would have been somewhat similar. He had nineteen. I, I'd see somewhere in the range between twenty two and twenty five. Yeah. His completion percentage. 
at least 10% higher. What was this? 53. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm seeing in the 60s. Because Mariota was known for that. In college, one of his biggest things was he didn't turn the football over, and he completed passes. Balls didn't hit the ground a ton with him. And that's a big, big, big thing as a quarterback. But I think more importantly, and this is why his passing stats would be better. I mean, significantly less interceptions. I'm saying six at the most. But what would make him so dangerous, if he was in an offense that was built similar to the one Lamar Jackson runs in Baltimore right now, if that's the offense he was working with, what that's going to do is you're going to be running designed quarterback runs, designed read options, plays that get the quarterback involved carrying the football, which Mariota was incredible at. If you don't believe that, He's you're crazy. Runner too. Go look it up. Go Just go look up Marcus Mariota rushing highlights and tell me the kid can't run. But more importantly, once you start establishing that, that he is a threat running the football, two th- major things are going to happen. You're going to start having some QB spies other linebackers. You're going to start having some DN can contain. Once you put on the contain with the DNs, that eliminates a lot of pass rush. Unless they have some, you're going to have to one send some blitzes. Yeah. Which a good quarterback's going to take advantage of that, find those holes. And Chip Kelly, that was his style. They ran these this crazy offense, and the point of their offense was getting guys tired. Forcing the defense to make decisions, and you have the players to perform. Because the thing with Chip Kelly that I think broke his NFL career a little bit, he didn't have the guys to do what he wanted to do. Yeah. The offense he runs, you need talent. You need good players. And if you bring in Mariota, he knows how to play this offense. He, he's just done it the last three years, one of them under you. You, you have these ends in contain. That's going to eliminate a pass rush, and it's going to force blitzers. And then once the blitz starts coming, that's when you start dumping. But two, if you respect the run game, there, there's an old, old saying in football. If you can run the football, you can win the game. Which is sure. an interesting thought with how much the league has changed and the game has changed to more of a spread offense, pass first, air raid, attack. But what becomes interesting with that, it still holds true today. If you can run the football, what that does is going to start teams are going to start loading the box. And then if you I mean Elshon Jeffrey, Zach Ertz, yeah. They've had some ballers come through. You got those guys that can make plays one-on-one. When they start loading the box, you're going to start getting some more one-on-one coverage. And you got some big targets out there like that and one-on-one. Whoo, doggy. 2015 was Mariota's rookie season, right? Yeah. Well, yeah, 2015-2016 season. He got drafted in 2015. Was that the year that DeMarco Murray was the running back of the Eagles? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah, exactly. Plus, you had JJY coming in soon. He, he came in league soon. Yeah, I mean, he'd probably... I mean, he, he had a weird career path. I actually just saw that the other day. I think I mentioned yeah. that to you. He's uh, now the head of an eSports team. Like, he actually is one of the players, not an owner, but... Good for him. I yeah, mean, seriously. he said, Find you know, folk, do I wasn't doing as good in football as I was. I'm just going to be an esports legend, and yeah. he's going and doing that. So that's really cool to see. But it really, because the thing with, you got to keep in mind with all this, and which is hard to break down what the league would look like today, is, you know, when you make this draft, let's say the, the original part actually went through, the trade went through, the Eagles take Mariota. Now records are changing. 
which changes the whole scale of the draft, which changes the whole scale of free agency. And once that starts to happen, I mean, everything we see now in the league crumbles. For all we know, Lamar, Patrick Mahomes, Mitch Trubisky, all these young quarterbacks that are at Baker Mayfield, Kyler Murray, we, they could be on completely different teams. 100%. That's what I was going to ask you. Is like, Do you think, like, say, like Lamar Jackson wouldn't get as much of the hype that he gets now? Because like, they like basically created the offense for him. Say, yeah. Mariota did it first. It's not as, a, not as a big deal, I feel like, in that sense. Yeah, and I think the, the difference between the two players, I think Mariota is a better passer, just mechanic-wise and, and talent-wise. He's, I mean, shown he's been a better passer. Lamar can still chuck the ball around. M- Lamar is a much better runner than mm-hmm. him. He's just far more athletic. He's arguably the fastest, most athletic guy in the league, which is scary to have at the quarterback position. But, yeah, if, if Mariota does that first, then the hype around Lamar is not going to be as big. And you know what I think would happen and what's really scary to think about? If the hype around Lamar is not as big, he's going to be 10 times better. Oh, I know. Because there, there's going to be schemes in place to stop these running quarterbacks, but let's remember, let's assume Lamar still goes to Baltimore. Mariota's in the NFC. Lamar would be in the AFC. Who knows what would happen? I mean, you even, like, even RG3's rookie year, he, he was electric. Yeah. The biggest thing with these running quarterbacks, and which is the reason you haven't seen them be successful outside of really Steve Young and Michael Vick. I mean, there's a couple other guys who are good runners, but yeah. not career runners. Is you, I'm trying to think of the best way to phrase this. Lamar has shown, you know, he's had a couple minor injuries here and there. Yeah. But staying healthy is huge. Mm-hmm. It's just kind Longevity. of just unbelieved notion in the NFL that a running quarterback has no sustainability. You know a position doesn't have sustainability? Running back. These dudes dropping like flies. The two best running backs in the league are done for the year. Yeah. Zeke, watch out. You might be next. You're on the chopping block. They're coming for number three. Seriously, though, it's kind of... I mean, look at Nick Chubb. Exactly. They're dropping like flies. Because the thing is... It's a physically demanding position. You get your body beat up week in, week out. If you're a smart... Lamar is a very smart runner. He doesn't have good ball security by any means with how he carries the football. There, there are obviously instances where he doesn't do this. But the thing with RG3 is he would take hits. Yeah, and he wasn't... Lamar will take hits, but if he's one-on-one, that's when he'll do his thing. Mm-hmm. If he's in open space, that's when he'll do his thing. If he's, you know... Two linebackers close. He's sliding. Yeah, you, know, you have to be smart. smart like that. Like Kaepernick was another quarterback that liked to run the ball, but he didn't slide super well, and he got beat up. Mm-hmm. And and that's where the longevity part comes in. Is it's not necess- anyone. I don't care what physical condition you're in. You can only take so many full on just yeah. boom shots from these dudes. These are the most like beautiful physical specimens on the planet. They're like literally crafted. Yeah. To be a killing machine on defense, like that's what Seriously, these guys are. They're, they're there to, and then you get a chance to hit a quarterback on the run. Like you're, oh, you're going for the kill shot. They're seeing red, just shaking, ready for that hit. 
and it, it just longevity doesn't come from. I mean, obviously, it does play a part of it how your body's built and all yeah. that. But a big, big, big part of it is just being smart. Like running backs that we've seen go down, and I mean, I know I don't know if it was the Giant. No, it was the Forty Niners that were complaining about the field, but the Giants losing Saquon and the Panthers losing losing McCaffrey is because all they tried to do way too early in the season with quarantine and everything. You can't do this in general, but especially with the circumstances we were faced with this year. Mm-hmm. You can't just feed these guys the ball and throw it to them. They can't getting 40 touches a game. That's not – we don't play in that league anymore. Yeah, it's just – The game's changed. take that. The guys are bigger, faster, stronger. That's just – and it's nothing to knock the olden days. Those If those dudes – like Dick Buckus – had the workout regimens and all the technology and equipment that we have now. He, w- I stand by this. Same with LT. They would be the greatest defenders of all time. Oh, yeah. Walter Payton. Oh, my goodness. Barry. Bo Jackson. The- these guys that they could have just had ridiculous careers. But, you, you know, that's once again a what if. Yeah. It's another what if. I Everything mean, in sports, every conversation say. comes back to a what if. Yeah, no, I mean, even with, like, the Bo Jackson, like, if you had, you know, modern medicine, they probably could have fixed that hip. He would have been fine. Yeah. Like, look at Tua. Tua had the same injury. Tua's fine. Tua's about, Tua's about to get, hop on the field get ready to go. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. What a world we live in, man. What a world we really do live in. We, we uh, walked to class today. And it was just beautiful outside. Absolutely beautiful. And we can't en- enjoy it. We can't even go for a run, go for a walk, play catch outside. You know, we, we touched on this yesterday and a little bit more in the beginning of this episode. But, wow. It, it really saddens me. You know, we make a lot of jokes about it. And, and we talk lighthearted as we can because that's a big thing in these times. You know, you got to stay positive. But it's hard. It's really hard. And it'll take a toll. And, I mean, we're going to probably see enrollment drop. I, I can't imagine kids are going to want to stay, or especially kids want to come here. And I know there's there's some people in support of this, but my thing is, and this is what is a telling sign to me, I think I've mentioned this in the very first episode we did when we were talking about the situation here, is when, when someone tests positive here, you just go to this house. You don't, you don't go to the hospital. You don't do this. You just go to this house. That's openly admitting this is not a super serious virus. Yeah, you just go because, to the house and wait it out. Because when you get sick, what do you do? You, you stay home and you rest. With this, it's the same principle, but we're taking you somewhere to rest. Isn't that the same thing? You're just moving my location so it doesn't spread and doesn't get other people sick? Man, how fast does the flu spread around? Every year here, around finals time, it's always, you know... Ah, here comes the plague. Like, it's just a joke thing. Yeah. There's a bunch of people are getting sick with the flu. It happens every year. But for some reason, everyone just lost their minds this year. I don't get it. I really don't get it. And, I mean, we need change. There, There's a lot of things we need change in in this world. But more specifically here at Albion, we need big, big change. I mean, if, if I had kids right now, they I would not send them here in a heartbeat. No chance. And I love this school, man. I, I've had a great experience. I've great professors, made some great friends. I've had great times here. But this year, we've been kept under lock and key. And, you know, we still have had fun. 
But yeah, what about the ways. what about the freshmen that aren't rooming with their best friends and they're stuck in a tiny dorm and they don't have the apartment? They got community bathrooms. They have to go get their food from the cafeteria every day. What about them? We we were in, we're in a great situation where we're at. Just yeah. with we have an apartment here on campus and and you know we're best friends yeah, and we exactly. do a lot of fun things together and stuff like that. But not a lot of people have that. What about the people that live by themselves. Exactly. You go crazy. This is turning into prison. Mm-hmm. And I'm never I'm never gonna say it's worse than prison because obviously it's not. Like I I can you know wear what I want and I can call anyone at any time, but. We can't even go outside. I can't, I was we were told not to work out. We can't sweat. What what can we do? It's That's a better question. question. You can stay what in can your you do? can stay in your room. I would like a list of things that and we twiddle, can do. Twiddle your thumbs because you know we we keep. I'm so sick of getting these emails just blaming the students. Not once has the administration claimed any responsibility for what's happening here. You know, heaven forbid things start getting real bad with the mental health for some kids on campus and we start facing that problem head on. Guess whose fault it's going to be? They're going to blame it on us. Oh, if you would have followed every single rule. I mean, I see, I I don't see people breaking rules. And I know obviously it probably is happening, but first and foremost, I'm not seeing it in my own field of vision. And, you know, he made this comment about we're not tracking at all times. I was reading an article on MLive. president said we're not tracking you at all times. But magically, the second you leave the bubble, it automatically alerts the campus. So then you are tracking us at all times. So that's just ludicrous to say that. You're just bold-faced lying. And, And I'm so sick of it, man. I'm so, so sick of the blame game. Own it. You are the president. You gotta take responsibility at some point. You wanted to put all these restrictions on us when we came in. You wanted to threaten us and hurt us like sheep and scare us so we wouldn't do anything wrong. Look in the times of history, great all around, the years that, the millions of years of this earth. Tell me, what does ruling through fear ever accomplish? What does threats ever accomplish? Nothing. I don't get it. We, we're your paying customers. We pay your salary. We don't got customer support. Because mm-hmm. guess what happens? If you voice your concerns, there was a, I'm not going to name names. I don't remember if I mentioned this before or not, but there was some, a student here who voiced their concerns and they got threatened to be kicked off of the team they were on because he voiced his concern and opinion. Last time I checked... College is supposed to be where you find who you are as an individual, where you find your ideals. But we don't have that anymore. We've, we've lost that privilege. And in and, and this country, it's a right to have your own opinion and be able to be heard. And I know there's people out there who spit their opinion that probably shouldn't, and they do it in a horrible way. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about if, if someone respectfully disagrees with you, and you try and get them kicked off something, man. I, I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is is middle school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> In all honesty, I feel like too. Like I mean, obviously, what's what's happening is inhumane, but like I mean, 
it's kind of like what you were talking about just a little bit ago. Um, the mental health effects on students. Is it going to take someone to just off themselves? And is that what it's going to take for a little bit of wake-up call to administration? Like, hey, what you're doing is wrong. Because, and that's terrifying to think. Because I, I never want someone to get in that position. Yeah. But battling my own demons my whole life with that. I'm to a point now where I have a handle on my situation. But the biggest thing with depression, for me at least, was I would focus so much on the things I can't control. We don't have control of anything anymore. You know what you have control over? Doing your homework and then watching TV because you can't work out anymore. Sorry, you can't. The college doesn't want you to. We're we're lucky enough to be in apartments, so we have a choice on what we want to eat. Yeah. We're not forced to eat the cafeteria food, which, outside of a couple meals here and there, ain't the best on the market. Yeah. It's tough. I just... I don't get it. I really... I'm at a loss for words now with it. I, uh... I've given up trying to even understand the reason. Because if if the reason's behind student safety, we would have just been online this whole time. But the thing is, you wanted that in-campus money. Maybe they needed it. Maybe Elbian's hurting for money. Who knows? I don't know. Because sure as hell they ain't going to tell us. But the, the whole point of bringing us back to campus was to have normal campus life. It's in our contract for our scholarship. And guess who's breaking that scholarship contract? The college. They ain't giving us a college life. They canceled all social activities, all athletics. There's nothing, literally nothing we can do here. You can stay inside your room. And, you know, bless us. We, once again, you know, we have a ton of music equipment. We have the podcast set up. We, we have probably the best situation of majority of people. Obviously, the fraternities have awesome situations, too. Yeah. But I come back to the freshmen, their first year in college. Obviously, it was going to be different. But this? you got to be kidding me. you got to be kidding me. And what blows my mind is, is how is the board okay with these decisions? I, I just, I don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. I don't, I don't get how people are sitting in a room making these decisions like, yeah, that's a good idea. Let's not let them outside. Let's not let them work out. They can't sweat on the sidewalk because everyone's just going to get corona if that happens. Let's lock them inside their rooms, not let them do anything, and just make them go stir crazy. It's going to take, like you said, someone losing, losing it. Mm-hmm. That's what it's going to I'm sup- Maybe it's happened more. Maybe there's been some, like, not to that extreme, yeah. but maybe there's been some, you know, push, push back. But, man, seriously, I... I, I Beg for help again if you're listening and you have some kind of solution or, or you can just give some kind of advice, let us know. Let us know because uh, we're, we're at a point now where we – it's Hail Mary time. Mm-hmm. I don't know what the Hail Mary is because at this point anything – I'm to the point where I'm afraid of getting expelled because that's all we get in every email is just a threat of being suspended and expelled. So Yeah, and I mean, just to go off like what you're saying, like I mean – I got eight weeks left here. It's like I really don't want to jeopardize my chances of gradua- graduating in eight yeah. weeks, but what's happening right now is wrong and something needs to be changed. And I don't want to be, you know, punished for trying to speak your mind, speak my mind and change the way things are because this is unjust and this is wrong. It's just because for those of you that are faithful listeners and you've gone through the episodes, you know we are 
happy guys. We like to joke. We like to have a good time. But this is serious. This is, this is real life. This is what we're dealing with right now. We're not a, we don't have freedoms anymore. We lost that. And that's the biggest load of excuse my language here shit that I've ever had in my entire life just piled on all at once. And, and, and the thing is, it's not even necessarily, like let's say, the hardest thing I've had to go through by any stretch of the imagination. But it's all out of my control. There's nothing I can do to improve the situation, and that's where it becomes stupid. I just feel like we're, we're stuck between these four walls. Yeah. And we have to do everything we possibly can to make it out of here. Yeah. I mean, that's literally what it is. It's survival of the fittest at this point at, on Albion's campus. There's it really no, is. There's, it's every man for himself or every, like, roommate pair of themselves, really. Um, but, like, you really got to rely on the people who are around you and to I'll, help you get through this. Because the, there's, yeah. there's nobody, nobody else from the school, faculty, staff, or whatever, are really going to really, really care about you and make sure that, like, you get through this. Because this is, this is just... And that's it's not unreal. even a bad statement to say because, honestly... If they really cared, show it. Stop saying all this talk about you're going to lift restrictions if, if we obey. People are obeying. You, it was even in the email and the article I was reading. I was like two to four people that ruined it for everyone. And I ain't even mad at those people. Because, man, I, I can't, I honestly, I can't blame them. I don't know what was happening, the situation was, and maybe it was some dumb things that I think it was kids leaving. Maybe it was some dumb things that kids were leaving for or whatever. But, man, I, I don't know the situation, but I can't blame them. It's just, it's stupid. We, your mind just runs circles all day around itself, especially now that we can't even go outside and play catch just to clear our heads. We played catch yeah. with a little foam ball. Paul was in the kitchen. I was in the family room. And we were just playing catch with a foam ball because we couldn't go outside and play real catch. And that's really, 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 really sad. But we can't end like that. We can't let you see us go out in a bad note. So let's bring it back around town. Just like SpongeBob when he was teaching Squidward how to blow a bubble. Apex launched across the platform today. Paul and I got a, a game in right before we uh, started this podcast today. And man been two years since the game's been out pretty much it was fun we didn't have the best game but i mean it was our, also our first time playing together and you know how those battle royale games go sometimes you have a bad game whatever and we were honestly yeah. it wasn't we weren't playing super serious we weren't live in the comms we were just you know let's just play let's just have a game before we get in the podcast and it was, it was really fun and i'm excited to see where we get tonight the goal is a dub obviously it's always dub we were killing it in Rocket League last night i don't know yeah, we were. what came over me i mean i'm really good at the game i hadn't played in a minute yeah. but I was going crazy. And we, were, <laughs> we were just out there getting dubs. We went 8-2 and two last night. It was a big, big day for the brand. And, you know, Apex, hopefully we'll be able to tell you tomorrow we got a dub. That'd be the, that'd be the best way to start the episode. Welcome to another episode of Reaking Havoc. We got that freaking dub, baby. World yeah, Real like, Podcast. How you doing, Paul? <laughs> like, that's, that's the goal. That's the goal. Hopefully we can get to that exuberant intro tomorrow. But until then, stay safe out there. Love one another. Peace and love, y'all.